We are in a series called Rooted, and today I get to encourage you about divine healing. How many of you love that God is a healing God? Amen? We believe that God still heals. Amen. Physically, not just emotionally and spiritually. We'll talk about both of those today. But I want to get into the scriptures on healing. And I really feel that it's important that we go back into this discussion on divine healing, especially during a time where sickness and disease and or pestilence, all these things have been so much in our culture. God has given us his word. God has given us his promise. And we know that God is still a healer. Some of us have had loved ones that have gone home to be with Jesus. And we have prayed for them and they still went to heaven. There are certain times and certain things in this world that we don't have those answers for. But aren't you grateful for Jesus and eternal life, which the devil cannot steal, amen. And eternal life is the ultimate goal anyway, amen. That is the finishing of the course, that is victory, amen. Eternal life is victory. But I also think it's important that when we have lost loved ones, that we go right back into discussions like this on healing because it's good for us. The Bible says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil by doing good. And even though there are things that happen in life that we don't understand, there are truths and promises from God that we still have to raise the banner for. You know, all of us have lost people. All of us have had questions about healing. But here's the thing, in my own life, I can tell you from personal experience, there's certain healings that I haven't seen on this side of eternity, but I am so glad I didn't change my belief that God is a healing God because God has used not only my life, but people that I've encouraged in healings lives to pray for others. And we've seen so many healings. Are you understanding this? But if somewhere along the line, I would have stopped teaching on healing or somewhere along the line, I would have stopped praying for the sick because of my own personal questions or disappointment. Think of all the people that would not have experienced healing. That's why these conversations are important to us. Amen. The best thing for you right now, if you've been discouraged in the area of healing, is to hear a message on healing and to get prayer once again and to let God bring faith into your heart once again in the area of healing. Ever since I was a kid, I've loved healing. I remember going to my little Assembly of God church in Southern California, Lighthouse Assembly of God, Riverside, California. The cross in front of the church was bigger than the church itself. Come on now. But I remember going into that little church and hearing testimonies from these wonderful little champions of faith that had been around church for 50, 60 years, and they'd stand up and they'd do testimony nights on Sunday night. You remember ever Sunday night testimony night? <laughs> And I would hear their stories on how God provided their need, or I'd hear their stories on how God healed their body. And I remember just being in awe that God would be so interested, that God would be so interactive with us. I wanted to be a part of a God like that. When I was a child, my parents always told me growing up that I was actually impaired myself physically. I don't remember, I was a baby. But from what I was told, my legs didn't work for the first four months of my life. My legs would just dangle there. And when they would try to like bounce me, they would just crumble underneath of me. My grandmother took me to a prayer service because she was very concerned. She's like, this isn't normal. This shouldn't be like this. His legs are like limp. And in that prayer service, the Lord began day after day to put strength into my legs to where obviously I can stand and I can walk. There was actually a hole in the side of my leg. They said they could put a thimble in it and God filled it out and healed that. 
So I don't know, because I don't remember that, but maybe even back when I was a baby, something of healing touched my soul. Something of healing got into me because maybe I'm a product of that myself. Throughout the ministry, I've seen God do all kinds of miraculous healings. I've seen God, I had a board member from my previous church call me just two weeks ago and he said, Pastor Kevin, he said, it's been 10 years since God gave me a brand new heart in one of our Sunday night services. And our, my doctor called once again and said, you have a heart like a young man. And I was like, that is awesome. My personal secretary in my previous church only had one kidney and God, through a course of time and prayer, grew her a second kidney. Do you know that doesn't happen naturally? Did you know that? That's an act of God. She has two perfectly healed, healthy kidneys. I remember one time in our nursery, which is why I believe in powerful nursery ministry. I'm excited about some of the things we're bringing to our nursery here in the next couple of weeks. We'll tell you about them in a little bit. But I remember one Sunday after service, they came up to me and said, Pastor Kevin, the kids, the children gathered around one of our nursery workers who lost her hearing in one of her ears, and the kids prayed for her, and God opened up her ear, and she was able to hear by the end of the church service. God uses children, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. We used to teach our kids, our babies and our one and two-year-olds, we used to put babies, baby dolls in their hands with Band-Aids uh, on them. And then we'd say, pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we'd take the Band-Aid off. And look, the baby's healed because we want to get it in the soul of a child that God is a healing God. Amen? Train up a child in the way they should go, right? And start making their expectation these things. I remember one time my dad... Uh, he's remarried now. My mom went to be with the Lord, and he married a beautiful lady named Elaine. She was just in our living room, just enjoying time with the grandkids, and we were just all playing there. And all of a sudden, without even praying, the Lord just opened up her ear, and she took off her hearing aid, and she was like, I can hear. And she hadn't been using that hearing aid anymore. Isn't that awesome? God is a healing God. God is a healing God. How many of you in this room have experienced some form of a physical healing? Would you raise your hand? Would you, look at, oh my goodness, would you stand up to your feet? Go ahead, stand up to your feet. Look at, look around, wave at each other with that raised up hand. That you've experienced some form of a healing. Look at it, look at that. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. And so you might be just coming to church today and thinking, oh, this is all just fairy tale stuff. This is all fancy stuff. Look at all these individuals that have testimonies of their own. If you wonder whether or not God is a healing God, go speak to one of them. Pastor Jeff would love to tell you his story of healing from cancer. 25 years 25 years ago, still totally healed. Stage four cancer, is that right? Doctor gave him very little hope, he's still healed today. God is a healing God. God is a healing God. We believe in a God who brings us divine healing. Isn't that awesome? I love that. And maybe God brought you here today because you're struggling with physical sickness or you're struggling with some sort of disease in your body. Maybe there's someone that you're praying for today that God is instilling faith in your heart so that you can pray for them today and believe God to heal them wherever they are across the country. Even you at home today, watching through the, the video, through the internet, you know God's power can move right where you are as well. Your faith can rise. I love that. And we're going to believe God for some healings this morning. Can you, you, you let your faith rise today and believe God that some healings happen this morning? Is that all right? We believe in divine healing. And we will continue to be a church that preaches that our God is a healing God. Amen. Open your Bibles, if you would, please, to the book of Romans chapter 3. Let's get into the scriptures. Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. We're going to use a word today called atonement. Atonement. 
As an Assembly of God church, we believe that divine healing is for the believer. It's a privilege of the believer, and it's found in the atonement. So I want to bring that to you today. It's one of our fundamental beliefs as an Assembly of God church, that the healing, deliverance from sickness and disease is provided in the atonement, and it's the privilege of all believers. Say all believers. Not just you know, one group or one category, but all believers. And so I want to connect this idea of the atonement into your healing today and kind of give you some understanding. The word atonement, you can kind of find it back in the Old Testament. There was a day of atonement where the high priest would go in and make sacrifices uh, on behalf and make a payment uh, to declare the people forgiven annually. And this was like the nation was then reconciled back to God. And that's really kind of the idea of atonement. It's the idea of being reconciled to God. The payment has been made and you have been restored into fellowship and right standing with God. The blood of the lamb has paid the price of the sin that separated you from God. So now that you are in right relationship with God, there's all these benefits provided in the atonement. Say atonement. All right, so Romans chapter 3 kind of brings us to this place. Romans chapter 3, the Bible says this, verse 25, For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for our sins. Now, some Bible translations may say propitiation. There's a good word for you. Some may say atonement or atone for our sins. People are made right with God when they believe. You are right with God when you believe. Not when you've got everything worked out and all your behavior's perfect and you've gotten everything cleaned up, but when you've believed and placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you have been made right with God. Say amen. amen. Made right with God. See, God made Jesus the sacrifice. He made Jesus the propitiation. He made Jesus' blood the atonement to put you in right standing with God that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who had sinned in times past. For he was looking forward ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just. He makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. So the reason I want you to connect the idea of atonement and healing, and that healing is inside of that atonement. Healing is inside of that payment that was made for you. Healing is one of the benefits of being reconciled to God. So here is this concept of atonement. Let's just say this is the new covenant that we've been given in Jesus. This is the relationship that is given to us because Jesus paid the price for it. It has been given unto you, freely given, but it cost him a lot. Somebody say amen. His blood purchased this atonement. His blood makes you right with God. But inside of that atonement, inside of being made right with God, inside of that, there's all these wonderful benefits inside, like forgiveness. You don't earn your forgiveness. Your forgiveness is based on the atonement, the payment, the being reconciled to God by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Is that true? 
Forgiveness is brought to you by the blood of Jesus. The payment was made for your forgiveness. So your works are not buying your forgiveness. Jesus' blood is the only thing that pays for and purchases forgiveness. Okay, your good works now are fruits in your life of one who has been forgiven, of a new nature that you've been given. You want to please God. Don't you want to please God? You don't try to please God to earn forgiveness. You please God because you were forgiven and didn't earn it. Come on. Right? But inside atonement is forgiveness. So do you have to ask God, if it be your will, will you forgive me? Every time that you need forgiveness? Why? Because you know it's in the blood. You know it's in the atonement. So now when you need forgiveness, you go get forgiveness. Do you see where I'm going? All right, what else is in that atonement? Eternal life. You do not buy eternal life. Eternal life is given to you because it was paid for by what? The blood of Jesus. Eternal life is in the atonement. You've been made right with God. You've been, your sins have been atoned for. Are you seeing this? So now you can have confidence you have eternal life because it was paid in full by the blood of Jesus. It's in the atonement. So do you have to question whether or not you've qualified or earned eternal life? No, because you're confident it is in the atonement. Are you seeing that? So now you just say, God, I thank you for eternal life. Next, identity. You have identity in Christ in the atonement, in the new covenant, in this relationship with God. You have been made right with God. You are sons and daughters of God. You are joint heirs with Christ. You are seated with him in heavenly places. You are the head and not the tail. The devil is underneath your feet. You are not under his feet. Come on. You are children of light. You are partakers of a divine nature. You have all these precious promises, but it's all in the atonement. It's all in the purchase of the precious blood of Jesus. It's all in that new covenant, new precious promises that he's made in the blood of Jesus. So you can take that identity, amen. He has a new name for you. He has an identity for you, and you can take of it. You don't earn it, you don't qualify for it, and you have to wonder if he has it. It's for you, it's in the atonement. Dominion, dominion, dominion over sin, amen. Authority in the earth, it's in the atonement. He brought you back, he, we talked about this a few weeks ago. He brought you back, he redeemed you back to where Adam was before he fell. He created you to be sons and daughters of God and to have dominion on the earth, amen. You, what you say matters. You have the ability to bring the will of God into the earth. No one else has the ability. Amen. Amen. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. Amen. When we pray, we pray, God, your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. You have the access through your mouth to call things that be not as if though they were and to call God's will into this earth. We are required to pray and take dominion. Not through fists, not through physical weapons, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. You have dominion. Body of Christ, you matter. Body of Christ, you mean something in the earth. We have dominion. But you didn't earn it, did you? It was given to you by the precious blood of Jesus in the atonement. Amen. Authority over sin. We talked about that. Sin no longer has dominion over you. It can't control you. You don't own me. Come on. You don't own me. Some of you needed an attitude towards sin. You know what I mean? Stop 
messing around with it. But you have to sit there and pray, God, if it be your will, give me authority over sin. Do you hear what I just said? God, if it be your will, give me authority over sin. It's in the atonement. It's his will. It's in the contract. It's been paid for. Authority over Satan. Come on now. Satan is under your feet. That's why we dance like this in church. Because we're stomping on the devil's head. You hear what I'm saying? You have to sit there and say, God, if it be your will, give me authority over the devil. It's in the atonement. It's in the new covenant. It's in the blood payment. Amen. Now we just, we just enact it. We enforce it. Amen. And then access to God in the atonement. It's not God, if it be your will, will you let me into your throne? The Bible says go boldly into the throne room of grace. So there's not this double-mindedness. I wonder if he's going to let me in today. I wonder if he's not. It's in the atonement. It's in the atonement. It was paid for. This is one of the blessings. This is one of those many promises that are in the atonement. And then finally, healing. Healing. It's on the same level as the rest of those. I know that's hard, but it's the way the Bible reads. The way the Bible reads, healing is the children's bread. The way the Bible reads, healing is in the new covenant. Healing is in the atonement. That's how we don't try to get God to heal. We receive his healing that he paid for. Not that you qualified for, not that you make yourself good enough for, not that you wonder, what if, I, what if I need a healing to a sickness that I caused by my own unrighteous living? It's in the blood. See, there are people who, who, who I remember praying for this one guy, uh, he had lung cancer. And he's like, I don't know if God will heal me because I smoked all my life and I did this to myself. And so in his mind, his lifestyle created the problem and in his mind maybe God wouldn't heal him but that's not true aren't you grateful that God doesn't put it on you and say well you caused that problem therefore I won't help you with most of the problems in our life we've caused my friends there's very few if the only ones God will help me with are the ones I didn't cause there's like five But do you see how our minds get all full of religious jargon and excuses and reasons why God may not heal me or I don't qualify to be healed? Aren't you glad it's in the blood? Aren't you glad it's in Jesus' work? It's in the grace of God. It's in the new covenant. It's in the atonement. That's why when we pray for you, we don't pray sentences like, God, if it be your will, heal this person. Because according to Scripture, the way we read it, it's in the atonement. So we agree together, believing the will of God is healing for that individual. Are you understanding the difference? Just like I wouldn't say, God, if it be your will, forgive someone. I don't say, God, if it be your will, heal someone. It's in the new covenant. It's in the atonement, which is why this concept is so important. Let's look a little bit back into the Old Testament. We'll get a bunch of scripture in our, in our spirit right now. You ready to get into the word? Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4 and 5. 
The Bible says this, he, talking about Jesus, this is a prophecy of Jesus about him thousands of years before he came. But it was telling us what he would do when he came. He was despised and abandoned by men, a man of great pain, familiar with sickness. This is the New American Standard Bible. Familiar with sickness. And like one from whom people hid their faces, he was despised. We had no regard for him. However, it was our sickness that he himself bore. The Bible says he took on, he took on our sickness, that he bore it upon his own body. And it was our pains that he carried. Yet we ourselves assume that he had been afflicted, struck down by God and humiliated. But he was pierced for our offenses. He was crushed for our wrongdoings. The punishment for our well-being was laid upon him. And by his wounds, we were, what? Healed. There's a physical moment in time where Jesus purchases our healings. Amen. In those wounds on his body is diabetes, is cancer, is COVID-19, is all these things. Amen. He bore our sicknesses upon his body. And by his wounds, we receive healing. That's what I mean. It was, Jesus did something about it, not just about our sin problem, but also our sickness problem. Matthew chapter 8, let's talk about this for a little bit because there has been some debate on these things. I'm fully aware of these debates on some of these things. Matthew chapter 8, some would say that that verse is only speaking of spiritual sickness. So let's look in Matthew chapter 8, verse 16. Matthew 8, verse 16. Actually, we'll go up to verse 14. Why? Because I'm in charge right now and I want to do verse 14. <laughs> verse 14. When Jesus arrived at Peter's house, this would be Peter, his disciple, Peter's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. But when Jesus touched her hand, the fever left her. She got up and prepared a meal for him. That evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out evil spirits with a simple command. He healed all that were sick. Underline that in your Bible. This to fulfill the word of the Lord by the prophet Isaiah, who said he took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. In this in particular verse, it's actually fulfilling the verse in Isaiah. It's saying that here is this Jesus who's healing every sickness, healing every disease, casting out every devil. This is what that scripture in Isaiah was talking about, physical healing, physical healing. Say physical healing, physical healing. We can go to the book of James. I'm sorry, I'm pausing because I have a story to tell you, but I, I have so much to tell you. I feel like if I tell you all my stories, I won't get to tell you everything I want to tell you. But that in particular passage of scripture relates really well to my family. So um, I have this, half of my family's Italian. The other half's German. That's where the Kringle comes from. My dad's German. My mom's side of the family's Italian. Uh, we grew up in Southern California. That's where that little church was I was telling you about. My mom's side of the family, the Italian side of the family, let's just say that they had questionable character. Okay, Italians, in, well, let's just say they had questionable character. They got things done, but not the godly way. And my 
great-grandmother was sick, kind of like Peter's mother-in-law, and she was very, very sick, and she had been sick, hadn't been out of bed in, in weeks. And a traveling evangelist was coming through town, Corona, California, and on a train, because it was a long time ago. And the Holy Spirit, oh man, I love the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit spoke to this evangelist and said, there's a woman who's sick at this specific address. The Holy Spirit gave that kind of clarity. You wanna know why I'm a Holy Spirit man? Because my life and my family has been impacted by people that believe God still speaks and God still heals. Okay, it's not just better character living, it's a living God that creates our character. Anyway, so this evangelist coming through town in Corona, the Holy Spirit speaks to him a specific address, says there's a woman that's sick in bed, um, she's dying, go to this house and pray for her. And so the evangelist got off the train, went to that address, this is before Facebook, this is before cell phones, it's like, like back in the 40s or 50s or something and uh, knocks on the door, and my great-grandfather, Italian grandfather, opens the door, and the evangelist says, there's a woman in this house that's dying. She's in bed, and the Holy Spirit sent me here to pray for her. He's gonna heal her, and tonight she'll get up and make dinner for your family, just like Peter's mother-in-law. And he let her in, he prayed for her, he left. No one ever saw the evangelist again. And my great-grandmother got up, was totally healed that day, and made dinner for her family. Amen. And my great-grandfather, from my understanding, became the first Spirit-filled Assembly of God Italian pastor in Corona, California. So he started a church as a Spirit-filled Italian, you know, Pentecostal. So I thought that's something to say. So that's a very similar story. So I can say that's not, to me, that's not just the Gospels. That's my family tree. Okay. So Matthew chapter 8. Now go over to James chapter 5. Go over to James chapter 5. James chapter 5, you're going to see in verse 14. Are you sick? Any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. I want you to see a few things there. I want you to see, first of all, the confidence. Are you sick? Come to church, get prayer, anointed with oil, and you get healed. There's none of this, if it be your will, or maybe you will, maybe you won't. Why? Because in their expectation, it's in the covenant. It's in the atonement. Do you understand that confidence? So when you're sick in body and you need prayer, I would love for us to have that culture that says, I'm going to church to get healed. Not to just get prayer pray for, but to receive my healing. It's promised to me. It's my family's covenant with God. Do you see the difference in opinion, the difference in posture? I am coming to receive. Now, you, may, you don't even have to come to this building because the body of Christ is the church. So you could just get two or more gathered together in your house and say, we're not just going to pray about it. We're going to receive what Jesus died for, what Jesus paid for. That healing belongs to us. You say, that sounds cocky. It's not cocky or confident. It's, it's not bold. It's not too bold. That's the way God likes it. That's the way God, God wants that kind of prayer. You know what I'm saying? God wants that kind of confidence, that kind of assurance. He wants you to come boldly and to say, you said it, I believe it, it is done. You said it, I believe it, it is done. Amen. Amen. Now let's go to 1 Peter. It's just a couple pages over. 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 24. Now I will then use this verse 
to then bring those two worlds together where people say it's just the spiritual healing. This is where most people will quote if they think it's just spiritual healing because they, Peter takes that verse in Isaiah and talks about being healed from sin. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24, He, Jesus, carried our sins on his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live what is right. By his wounds we are healed. And so in this in particular verse, Peter's saying that Jesus carried our sins on his body on the cross, which he did, so that we can be dead to sin, which we discussed, that's also in the atonement, and live for what is right, by his wounds you are healed. Some individuals will take that verse and say that, that that's saying that we're only healed from the sickness of sin. But I believe, and I also believe that verse in Matthew when he was talking about fulfilling that verse, using physical healing, that what we're really trying to say is the atonement, just what we said. In that atonement is healing from spiritual sickness, from sin. There is dominion over sin, but do not exchange one for the other. They're both in the atonement. They are both there. Can I hear a big amen on that? And so you can have confidence, both that God will forgive you of your sins, but he'll heal you of your diseases. Amen. Amen. Is it God's will to heal? Let's just go through a bunch of verses together now. You're like, we just did. We got more. Is it God's will to heal? I just want to build your faith in that question. Write that in your notes. Is it God's will to heal? Let's just build our faith. 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. This is the, this is the Apostle John, John the Beloved. Um, this is what he, he starts with for, in 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. He says, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. Don't you love the fact that John is saying that I don't just care about your soul health or your spiritual health, but I am praying for your physical health. That even the apostles knew that God wasn't just interested in your forgiveness of sin, but also in the health of your physical body. Because your physical body is the vehicle by which God uses to get the destiny within you through you. It's like your car. If your car breaks down, doesn't matter how much good stuff you are inside that car, you're not getting anywhere. John is saying, I pray and believe and ask God to prosper your physical health. It's okay. It is God's will to believe for good health. Amen. It's not only is his will, it's part of his plan that you walk in good health, not just soul health. Psalms chapter 103, verses 2 through 4. Praise the Lord, my soul. Forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all of your sins and, say and, heals all of your disease. So please, don't just exchange one for the other. Some people think God only cares about the sin side. God cares about all of you, spirit, soul, and body. The entire person means something to him. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 through 24. Jesus went throughout Galilee. Now, Jesus is God in the flesh. He is the perfect imprint, representation, image of God in the earth. Amen. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The reason I say that is the question is, is it God's will to heal? If you see God in Jesus, you can see Jesus' will to heal. Jesus is God. So if it's Jesus' will to heal, it is God's will to heal. Do you see the simple connection? They are not different. It's not like Jesus is the nice guy. God is the one that's like angry. 
No, they are one. Jesus went throughout Galilee. Matter of fact, Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father tell me and show me to do. Right? So Jesus healing all these sicknesses and all these diseases is God's will being demonstrated. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease. Say every disease. Every one of them. Not just once in a while or this, only this kind or that kind. Every single disease. Because it's all covered in that covenant. Healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought him all who were ill with various diseases. I love that. All who were ill. There's all these phrases like all and various, and there's people coming from all over, and none of them did he say, it's my will to heal that one and not that one. People who came to him for healing received healing. Amen. Those suffering severe pain, demon-possessed, having seizures, paralyzed, he healed them. That's it. That's the way it says it. Not a bunch of discussion afterwards, not a bunch of debate afterwards. This is who he is, this is what he does. This is who he is, this is what he does. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1 through 8. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him, and he gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and heal every disease and sickness. Heal the sick, he said. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you've received, freely you give. Why do I bring that verse up? Let me tell you so you don't have to read my mind. The reason I bring that verse up is I want you to see that Jesus then delegates what he was doing into his disciples to go do the same. And then they had the same authority that he had. They were on the same mission he was on. Go heal every sickness. Go cast out every devil. Go carry on my will in the earth. Go, go be me. Go do what I was doing. But I love that it, it's, it's God the Father. You see his heart on healing. Then you see it in God the Son. And now you see it in the body of Christ. Go do this. This is who we are. This is what we do. I ask this question, why does God offer us healing? Why does God offer us healing? For one reason, you can write this in your notes, because he's moved with compassion. Write this verse down, we don't have time to go to it. Matthew chapter 20, verse 32 to 34. Mark chapter one, verse 40 through 42. By the way, in case you ever can't keep up with me in my notes, if you go to the Calvary Orlando app, there's sermon notes section on there. My notes are there as well. That doesn't mean don't write them down, because then you'll get lazy. Write them down. But if you ever miss something, you can go back and get them on the app. One of the reasons God heals us is because he's moved with compassion. God loves you. I start there, because I don't want us just to think God only heals people so he can get glory, or so that he can promote his kingdom, or so that people know that he's real. Now, all those things are great. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. I want you to know that there's a very strong theme throughout the Gospels that Jesus saw a sick person, and he loves that person. And they're in relationship, they're covenant child of his. And he says, this shouldn't be this way. They're my child. My child should not have this sickness, this disease, this pestilence stealing from their life. This isn't okay with me. So I want you to hear me say that. Your God loves you. And one of the main reasons he wants to heal you is because he loves you. Faith works by love. 
Sometimes I hear people praying and they're like, God, please heal this person so that this great testimony, and that's a part of it, and we'll get there. But I want you to first and foremost know that your God is a healing God because he loves you. You are his child. He doesn't want that suffering on your life. He wants you to fulfill your purpose and your calling. God loves you. He loves you. He's, he just loves you. And that suffering hurts him and that suffering steals from the life that he has intended for you. So why does God offer us healing? Number one, he is moved with compassion. Matthew chapter 20, 32 through 34. Mark chapter 1, 40 through 42. Secondly, yes, to demonstrate his glory. John chapter 9, verses 1 through 4. John chapter 9, verse 1 through 4. There's a, a man born blind. And the disciples ask, who sinned? Whose fault is it? Is it his parents' fault that he's born blind? Is it his fault that he was born blind? Who sinned? Whose fault? And Jesus answers, I want you to read that. I give you a homework assignment. Ready? Here's your homework assignment. Read that verse in the message translation sometime this week. I love how the message translation kind of gives you some insight into Jesus' response. Jesus basically looks at his disciples and he says in the message Bible, he says, you're asking the wrong question. You're trying to point blame on whose fault is it that this kid, this guy was born blind. And I actually remember that same emotion when my son was born with brain damage, standing in the hospital uh, getting ice and some soda. They had like a little fountain by the, by the room. Thinking, God, what did I do wrong? Like, why is this happening? And this verse came back to my spirit. It's like I was doing the same thing the disciples were doing. Whose fault is this? Who did something wrong? Do you understand sometimes sickness and disease and, and things can happen and you're not to blame and no one else is to blame? Sometimes it just happens because we're in a fallen world or whatever, whatever, whatever. And yet this is what Jesus says. Stop looking for who to blame. And in the Message Bible he says, instead we should be seeking God's glory in this man's healing that this is a moment, this is an opportunity for glory to come to God in this moment. Stop trying to figure out why it's this way and let's just heal the guy. Let's just, let's just set him free, amen? And so yes, there are times God heals because he's demonstrating his power, his glory, that, the, that, that God would receive glory for that. Notice God never received glory for the man's blindness. He received glory for the healing of that blindness. That's a whole other theology where people think your sickness is giving God's glory that's not what we preach here. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, another reason God heals is to give you a testimony. Revelation 12, 11, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. The devil loves to try to stop you from your testimony because the moment you start testifying, you start building hope in other people that God can do it for them because God isn't just singling you out. All of you are special to God. And so if God does it for one, he'll do it for another. Your testimony is powerful. Philippians chapter 1, verse 22 through 25. One of the, another reason why God heals. You can turn the lights up, guys, a little bit. I'm going to walk down here. God gives you more time to help people. I love that. I want you to see that, that, that one of the reasons God also heals you is to give you more time on the earth to do something with your life. Philippians 1, 22 through 25, I will read this one to you. This is the Apostle Paul. He says, but if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go be with Christ, which is far better for me. 
that goes back to that conversation about people we love that have gone to heaven. That's far better. It's far better that they're with the Lord. Amen. They did not fail. That is not a loss. That is the finish line. That is victory. Amen. It's far better. The Apostle Paul is sitting here saying, I'm torn. I am really torn. Because there's a part of me that wants to go and be with Christ. He says, but if I'm here more, I can do more fruitful work. I long to go with, be with Christ, which is far better for me. But for your sake, it is better that I continue to live. I love that mindset. For your sake, it is better that I continue to live. Knowing this, I'm convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience joy in your faith. Isn't that beautiful? One of the reasons God wants to heal you is to give you more opportunity to help other people. Please do not squander years that God gives you. Amen. We do not want to stay alive because we're afraid of dying. I don't want healing because I'm scared of death. There's no fear in dying. The healing is about you. The healing is about your kids, your grandkids, your future generations. It's about you doing something with your life. But I encourage you to embrace that, please. That God doesn't give you long life so that you can just retire and drive around in your RV. Nothing wrong with RVs. Don't get mad at me if you have an RV. But you're not just living long because you're avoiding death. You're living long because there's purpose and there's power and there's ministry in you and there's authority in you and there's things for you to do in this world. Amen. And so God's keeping you alive and healing you because he has more for you to do. Embrace that. Oh, so many things to tell you, so little time. Who can receive healing? Mark 7, 26 through 27, the children of God. Jesus says healing's the children's bread. It belongs to you. Take it off the table. Don't you love that? You're, you are in covenant relationship with God. You're not the woman underneath the table saying, just give me the crumbs. She was a Gentile. She wasn't a child of God. She was outside the covenant, and he was so impressed with her. But sometimes that's the way we pray. We come to God like, God, if you'll just give me a crumb of healing. You are a child of God. Healing is the children's bread. Take a large helping off the table. It belongs to you. It was paid for by the blood of Jesus. It is God's will. Amen. Act like my teenage sons with our refrigerator. They invade the refrigerator. They take everything and leave mom and dad nothing. <laughs> but that's what it means to be a son and daughter in the house. Amen. We fill the groceries for their benefit. We do this for them. Amen. Mom and I will eat something later. But, you know, they don't sit there and say, Dad, if it be thy will, can I have that? They take whatever because they feel comfortable in the house. Are you understanding that? They'll take the food off of my plate. Amen. Who can receive healing? You are the children of God. It belongs to you. Amen. Now, God does heal unbelievers as well. 
but you as a child of God, it belongs to you. I've got way too much to share, too little time, so why don't we go ahead and start praying for the sick. Please look at my notes a little bit later, if you would, please. Go ahead and stand up, would you? Go ahead and stand up. I do want to say one last thing, though. I do address this in my notes. You can look it up later. Is illness a spiritual issue or a physical issue? There are individuals, Luke chapter 13, verse 11, there are certain sicknesses that Jesus has addressed in the New Testament in the Gospels where it was a spirit of infirmity. There was a spirit of sickness upon a person's life, and he would cast out that spirit, and healing would manifest itself. But there were plenty of people that Jesus just prayed for their healing or declared their healing, and they were healed, and it was not a spirit. So we don't say all sickness is a spirit, but there are certain sicknesses that are a spirit. And so we address both. And so there may be times where we're praying for you that we might sense something, and we might need to come into agreement and take authority over spirit. That's all right. That's all part of the, the process of healing. But not all sickness is a spirit. Sometimes it's just a fallen world that we live in. It could be a genetic thing. doesn't matter because God heals it all. There are some things that we can do in receiving a healing, though. There are some things we can do. We can agree with others, which we'll do here at the end. We can anoint you with oil. James chapter 5, verse 16 says, talks about confessing our sins one to another that we may be healed. Now, that could be a healing from whatever that sin is stealing in our life, but sometimes there's things like bitterness, anger, unforgiveness. Do you know those things can keep you bound in sickness? And so there is times, as much as we want to be like, in the name of Jesus, if you're still holding on through the root of that sickness and you're refusing to forgive and you're refusing to let go of bitterness or certain things, sometimes God needs you to come out of agreement and repent of those things because sometimes our healing is linked to those things. We're freedom from those things. Are you understanding this? So it is important. Sometimes it's, it's a matter of working with people and talking with you and saying, talk to us a bit about your journey. What's going on? And I love that God does care about what's going on on the inside, not just what's going on on the outside. And so he wants to heal you from the inside out. And I love God. I love how he's like that. And so when our altar workers are up here and they're praying with you in just a little bit, it may be as simple as anointing you with oil and saying, by the stripes of Jesus Christ, you are healed. Hallelujah. We believe God for that. For some of you, there may be a spirit of infirmity that they're going to have to deal with. And that's okay. That's not to freak you out. It's just letting you know that there may be some things we have to deal with. For some of you, it may be a matter of coming up here and saying, I've got some things I need to confess before God and ask him to forgive and close the door to, and then we're going to end up praying for your healing. There's all kinds of these things that we can work with. The bottom line is this. God wants you spiritually healed, and he wants you physically healed. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, right now in Jesus' name, I thank you that you are a healer and that, Lord, you want us spiritually healed, you want us physically healed. You have testimonies for us to share with others. Lord, there's purpose and meaning for our life as we continue. But the number one thing is, God, you just love us. You are moved with compassion over our lives. And so we aren't sitting here today begging you. Lord, we didn't deserve forgiveness. We didn't deserve right standing with you. We don't deserve healing, but because of Jesus and because of the blood of Jesus, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for the atonement. We thank you for it. I pray as we're about to minister to people's bodies today, even those watching online, 
as we minister to them today, that you would move upon them. Even now, those watching online, they won't be able to be up here with altar workers. So we begin to pray for them. That God, you heal them right now. You begin to move in a spirit, moving the Holy Spirit into their living room, into their bedroom, into their car, wherever they're watching, their office, little cubicle. And Lord, you begin to minister healing to them in Jesus' name. Minister healing, freedom from pain, freedom from sickness, freedom from disease. Lord, put things back together again the way they're supposed to be, we pray. We thank you for your healing touch in this room right now. Let your healing presence flow through this room. Even as we're preparing, preparing to pray for those physically here, I think that your presence begins to move in this house as the healer in Jesus' name. Before we move forward and before I dismiss, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, which means all of us need a Savior. The Bible goes on to say that the wages, the penalties of our sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. Finally, the Bible gives us the how. All who will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. I want to ask you that question. Have you ever called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to save you, to forgive you of your sins, to be your Lord and Savior? If you've never done that, let's call upon him today and make him the Lord and Savior of your life. If you've once had a relationship with God and for some reason you've walked away and, and you sit back and you say, man, it's been a long time since I've been in right relationship with God. I've been running and I would sure love a restart I would sure love to recommit myself afresh to the Lord. Then you call on the Lord with us. And so if you would all please bow your heads and close your eyes for the next 30 seconds, I wanna give people an opportunity to respond to that call. You say, Pastor Kevin, that's me. I am not right with God for one reason or another, but I wanna call on Jesus Christ today to be my Lord and Savior. I wanna be sure. If that's you, when I count to three, would you simply raise your hand right where you are? Ready? One two, three. I want to get right with God. Put your hand up right where you are today. I want to get right with God. Just put it up high and we'll pray for you right at your seat. Is there anyone this morning? There's a hand right there. Wonderful. Right in the middle. There's another hand over there. Wonderful. I see that second hand. Perfect. Anybody else today? I need to get right with Jesus. The third little hand right there. I see that little hand. Thank you. <laughs> and the fourth hand. I see that hand right there, sir. All right. All right, church, let's all pray together, would you please? No one praying by themselves. Pray this prayer with me, would you? Dear God, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I realize I've sinned and I've walked away from you. I receive Jesus Christ today as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he rose from the dead, that he died for me. Please forgive me of my sins. Wash me, cleanse me, make me new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Take every part of me now. Be my God. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you celebrate those four today? Welcome home, everybody. God bless you. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. 
To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.